0: Welcome to another inspiring message from Pastor John Cameron, lead pastor of Arise Church in New Zealand. We know this message will empower and inspire you. Ephesians chapter four, and we're gonna begin reading in verse 17. So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding And separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality. So as to indulge in every kind of impurity with a continual lust for more. You, however, did not come to know Christ that way. Surely you heard of Him and were taught in Him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness." We're beginning a a new topic today around this theme of wonder. Now, it's true that once our basic needs in life are met, we quickly go searching for wonder. In fact, even without your base needs being met, it is amazing how the presence of wonder can get people even through the most difficult or adverse of circumstances. Everybody has a need in their life for wonder. In fact, we feel wonder in our lives Whenever we see something that is wonderful, when you see a sunrise or a sunset, you just go, wow. And it's amazing how that experience can even just give you something that'll help you through something that you're facing. Whether it's it's the expression you get, the, the sense you get at the top of a mountain, or the song of a bird, or the laugh of a child, or a face of beauty. We all look and long and desire in our lives, wonder. In our culture, we place high esteem on wonder. Yeah. Isn't it amazing? I mean, I, I for one, I'm Scottish, so I'm reluctant to buy any piece of art, but the value attributed to art is basically somebody putting a monetary value next to wonder. It's why, it's why we listen to certain songs. It's why we like certain movies. It's why we're drawn to certain environments and experiences is because in every human heart, we are searching for wonder. Now, we could call wonder awe or splendor or magnificence. It's that, it's that feeling of being in a place or experiencing something that makes me feel in my heart a sense of, of awe, of, of splendor, of magnificence. It awakens within me feelings of gratitude, of thanksgiving. That's what it's like to live with wonder. In fact, you can often define wonder most accurately by looking at what it's not. We, we know the not of wonder. We know that to not have wonder is to be bland, to be bored, when something is dull, we say that it has no wonder in it. Now, in our text, the central phrase this morning is found in verse 18, where the writer says that they are separated from the life of God, the life yeah. of God. Yeah. That's really the central phrase that unlocks this whole text for us and points us back to this amazing truth that the God we worship desires to fill our lives with His life. Yeah. With a sense that, in fact, in the Greek, this, this, uh, this word life, mean, with the Bible, the New Testament was originally written in the Greek language. And in the Greek, this word life literally means to be possessed by vitality. Wow. Yeah. It's that feeling of yeah. awe. It's that feeling of splendor. It's that feeling of magnificence. To be overcome, possessed with a feeling of wow. That's one of my favourite words, wow. I love it because it works forwards and it works backwards. Wow. When you are filled with a sense of wow, then you are filled with the life of God. And God wants every single one of us to know His wonder. In fact, just a couple of weeks ago, I was driving my kids home from church on a Sunday night and uh, we're talking about the service and what we'd learned in church that day. And my son, Will, said to me, he said, Dad, you know, he's kind of honest, Will. You know, he kind of just, just says it like, he doesn't like something, you're gonna know about it. If he does like something, you're gonna know about it. You're never gonna be in the dark about his opinion. That's where he's at, right? So Will just says to me, he says, Dad, I don't even know what God wants for us in our lives. I mean, what does He really want, you know? And that's always you know, a bit alarming when you, you, you've got a pastor's kid who's saying, I have no idea what God wants for us in our lives. And so I said to him, I mean, immediately I just knew the answer. I said to him, well, I can tell you what God wants for you in your life right now. And maybe you come to this service today and you're saying, I don't even know what God wants for me in my life either. Well, I'll tell you as well what I told my Paternal son, I'll tell you right now, John chapter 10 verse 10, Jesus said, "I have come that you may have life and life in all its fullness." To possess the vitality, wonder, and in in immeasurable amounts in our lives. God came, Jesus came to our lives and to this world to fill our hearts with his wonder. Yeah, give God some praise right now. God does not have a desire for us that we would go through our lives bland, bored, feeling like there is nothing special about us or our environment or where we live. God wants us to live our lives with a sense of deep appreciation, thanksgiving, to wake up every morning and go, I just cannot believe that I'm living this life, married to this person or sitting this exam, you know, going through this life. God wants you and I to know wonder. For me and my life, I want you to know this is not hyperbole, this is experiential. I did not put Jesus at the centre of my life until I was 18 years old. The first time I went to church in my adult life was at the age of 18 and I kept going back and on May the 12th, I gave my life to Jesus Christ and I I went to a church service and I prayed a prayer. There was nothing exceptional about the prayer. A bunch of other people prayed that prayer. In fact, the entire auditorium did. I believe that in that service, I was the only person who was saying it because I needed to say it. But I walked out of that church that night, went to bed. And I promise you, when I woke up the next morning... And I looked out my window, um, Window, I'm telling you the truth, it was like, for me, the grass was greener. I, I felt the warmth of the sun because I was in an easterly room. But as the sun hit me, it was like there was a greater dimension to the warmth of that sun. I heard the birds sing, but there was something extra to the song of the birds. For the first time in my life, that morning, I felt content, content, like I needed nothing else. For the first time that I'm aware of in my life, I didn't desire something else That would temporary plug a feeling of a void. There was no void. My life was total and complete. And the reason why I can attribute that is because I discovered in my life the God of all wonder. And friends, I believe that God does not have a desire for any person hearing this talk today that you would wander through your life and that it would be bland or that you would resent your existence or that it would somehow be ho-hum. God wants to fill our lives with a profound sense of wonder. When I was awakened to God, I was awakened to wonder. And we can bring that all back to this one verse where it says they were separated from the life of God. And when I was no longer separated from God, I was no longer separated from wonder. Wonder. Wonder is a central topic of our culture. In fact, our passage this morning begins with a warning. I say to this, and I insist on it, guys, don't live like the Gentiles do, in the futility of their thinking. Whenever you read Gentiles in the Bible, just just read people who do not know God, people who don't know God. And he's say, man, I'm telling you this, you might have found Jesus yet, but already, but I want you to know this, even though you've already found him, I don't want you to then live your life like people who don't know him. He's saying this is a warning. Take heed. Don't live anymore like the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. In other words, there is a pattern of thought that is not going to take you anywhere. If you're not happy with the quality of your life, re-examine your values. That's what it's saying. The way you feel, the way you think needs to change. They are darkened. He goes on and says, they are darkened, darkened, darkened. You know, this is a, a common paradox used in the Bible, in fact, in every, every movie, you know, you've got, you've got the land of Mordor and the dark eye of Sauron, and you've got, you know, the Hobbitsville and that, you know, it's, that's where we live right now, you know, and especially you guys in Hamilton, you know, and, and, and you know, when, when, when it's used as a contrast, darkness being bad, light being good, the Bible says Jesus came and, and in Him was life and that life was like the light of men. So this is a continuing theme in the Bible. And it's saying here that they are darkened, unable to see, prevented from getting a true perspective. It's like they're they're shrouded, covered, clouded, darkened, unable to see. Where? In their understanding. In the way that they think about life, something is missing. And then our key phrase, they are separated from the life of God separated from, that they are literally alienated to be shut out, to be cut off from, separated from this life that God came to give us. Now, the Bible doesn't leave us there. It's very helpful. It says it gives us the why for the separation. And it says the why, and this is, again, very key to this series. They are, they are darkened in their understanding because They are hardened in their hearts. If you could just chuck the scripture up on the screen. They're darkened in their understanding, separated from the life of God because of the hardening of their hearts. Now, when we see this phrase hardening in the Bible, it's it's a really powerful Greek word because this word hardening, and the reason why I'm tapping my hand like this is not because I've lost my mind or obsessed with my hand, Because the word hardening literally is is, uh, translated into English just as sufficiently calloused, calloused. They are calloused in their hearts. They're calloused. Something has come over the heart that has now led it to be desensitized. You know, when you have a callus, I have many of them. Everybody in this room has callus. In fact, uh, you know, as a teenage kid, you know, uh, we didn't like wearing shoes. You know, I, when, when I was young and, and it was very cool to wear bare feet uh, and I was a lifeguard. And so, you know, we'd be, we'd be tr- you know, tramping across boiling hot, um, you know, uh, what do you call it? S- sand. I was going to say snow. I just got back from the mountain. Uh, you know, uh, b- boiling hot, snow, I scared, sand. Stop it. You guys are messing me up. Um, <laughs> You know, we'd be walking across boiling hot sand and, you know, we'd be, we'd be walking across gravel car parks and stuff, and my feet to this day are so covered in calluses that you could take a pin and you could prick my foot and I wouldn't even feel it. Anybody know what I'm talking about? There are these thick areas of skin that have become, in fact, not only that, but you could take a feather or a very light touch of a finger and you put it across the heel of my foot and there's gonna be no squealing, no laughter. I'm not gonna drop any drink. It is completely desensitized to both pleasure and pain. Okay. So what the Bible is saying is it's saying for you and me that we lose our wonder when our hearts become calloused. When we allow the core of who we are to be desensitized to life. They are are hardened, they are calloused, they are unable to see or feel correctly. And the heart, the very core of who we are. So the Bible is saying that if this heart of mine or if this heart of yours gets calloused or hardened, then it leaves us longing for wonder. Now, a calloused heart, A callous heart is very dangerous. Let me tell you why. Because number one, it's not hurt by things that would normally hurt it. Okay? And number two, it is not pleasured by things that should pleasure it. The callous heart is an unfeeling heart. And an unfeeling heart, stay with me for the rest of the series, is a heart that is desperately searching for wonder. Now, in our, in our series, here is a key phrase, and I want you to hear it, and hopefully I pray it will actually come up on the screen this time, but here is our key phrase that unlocks the series. It is possible to go through this life unaware that we are not troubled by things that should trouble us and not excited by things that should stimulate and satisfy. It's possible to go through this life And because our hearts are hardened and we are so desperately searching for something to replace our lost wonder that things that should trouble us in the arena of our conscience are not troubling us and things that should stimulate satisfy and leave us going wow about our lives are not triggering the sense of wonder that we so desperately need. And so that's why I believe this topic of wonder is so vital to us. I mean, you know, look at Solomon. The Bible tells us about Solomon, that he was the wisest man that ever lived and a very, very prosperous man. But when you read the end of his life, this guy who ended up with literally hundreds of wives, thousands of concubines, ornate palaces, world travel, ridiculous wealth, writes the book of Ecclesiastes. And in the opening verse, he says, meaningless, meaningless, Everything is meaningless. This life has no purpose and no substance. Why? Because it allowed his heart to become hard. That is a massive trigger for you and me because so many times in life, we're thinking, if only I can get through this, that I can get to the other side of this pressure, of this goal, of this circumstance, and then... I will have contentment and joy and I will finally be happy. And the Bible is saying, man, you could get to the wealth, wisdom and life experience of Solomon and still end up without wonder. This week in our newspapers, we have had two articles about major so-called Hollywood celebrities who within the last 12 months thinking we would think that they have it all, they have chosen to end their lives. And as tragic as suicide is, I want you to know that we live in a world where it's possible to have it all, yet have no wonder. And that's a real issue that we have to start taking a little bit more seriously and stop delaying satisfaction. Because I reckon there's a lot of people out there thinking if I had a little bit more money, if I have a little bit more time, if I could just have my children sleep through the night, then I would finally have wonder. Well, let's be clear and say, I pray that you do have enough money. I certainly pray, because I've been there, that your kids sleep through the night. But I want you to know that my friend, wonder is not, the wonder God has is not circumstantial. It's not circumstantial. When we're talking about God's wonder, we are not saying when you get enough money, when you can just stop working, when you're cruising around the Bahamas in a very expensive yacht, when you finally can eat at all the right restaurants and escape the, the rain of spring, that you'll then have wonder? No, no, a thousand times no. History, commentary, life bears out this overwhelming theme that even those who look like they have it all can have the biggest holes in their heart. And God is saying, no, I don't want that for you. I want you to be connected with my life. I have not made a single person whom I am desiring that you would wander through life bland, insipid, without any colour. God wants you to know awe, wonder, celebration. He wants you waking up every day, going, thank you, God, that you are real and that I get to live this life that I am living. That is the life God has for us. And if you believe that, why don't you praise God for just a sec? Because you're already going there. Let's go all in. Let's go all in. Let me just tell you, man, God's wonder is for those who are in poverty and prosperity. God's wonder is for those who are in times of pressure and leisure. God wants us knowing wonder every day. So how, how? do we get our hard hearts? If our hard hearts are how we lose our wonder, then let's talk about how we go down what I'm calling for this series, the spiral of unwonder. Are you ready? Let's talk about this morning in our remaining minutes, the spiral of unwonder. Let's explore how in our lives, we gravitate from the life of God, we drift from it, and find our hearts so empty and dull. Well, the first thing that happens to us, the first stage of our spiral of unwonder is what I'm calling indifference. Indifference. Indifference just begins to percolate. We just feel, man, it's just not what it used to be. This is losing the value of now. That's what indifference is. It's when, we're not, whenever whatever we're in loses It's sense of celebration when we've lost the wonder of now. But here's the problem, team. You can't live your life simply indifferent. We have a a need in our lives for wonder. We were created for worship. We were. We were designed for intimacy with God. So if everything about our life looks bland, then our hearts go on an internal search to plug the gap, to fill the void. And so the most well readily available source of wonder for us when we don't like now is fantasy. Fantasy. This is dreaming of something else. Looking for something else, someone else, another thing we start to live our lives craving. And then a life That has lost its appeal for now, living increasingly in a dream of something else, will then thirdly culminate the spiral through withdrawal. Backing away from fixing whatever is wrong with the now. That is the spiral of unwonder. It begins in indifference, it grows to fantasy, and it reaches a fulfillment in our lives. When we begin to withdraw. So, this indifference thing, this is how it all begins. The devaluing of now. That's how we start on our spiral of unwonder is when we no longer highly esteem the now moment that you are in. That's the beginning of this journey. And perhaps the greatest challenge for you and me in our world today to our devaluing of now, to our feeling of This is lacking, and what I really want is these, these angelic beings described for us in both Isaiah 6 and in Revelation chapter 4. They come up in the Old and in the New Testaments of the Bible, and they're described as being these beings that circle the throne of God. They circle the throne of God, and they turn up in Isaiah. They turn up again for us in Revelation What's amazing about these celestial beings is firstly, they are not dumb. They are intelligent. Don't think for a moment that wonder is only available to the low IQ. I want to put it out there. Let's just be really clear. Cynicism is not the reflection of intelligence. Hello. Let's just put, yeah. I know some really smart people who are filled with wonder. Okay. These celestial beings are so amazingly impressive that whenever people in the Bible come in contact with them, people will fall on their faces in awe of these celestial beings. They have got it going on. Yet the Bible tells us that since the dawn of time, they have been circling the throne of God, circling the throne of God, and they have been saying, holy, holy, Holy is the Lord God Almighty. Listen, the whole earth is full of His glory. Holy, holy, holy. In other words, they've been doing it since time began and they've never lost their wonder. And friend, I believe that God wants you and I to live a life where we never lose our wonder. That's the life God has for us. Not one that is bland, not one that we resent or regret, but one that is fully alive with wonder. Now, when does indifference kick in? Let's be very clear about it. Indifference kicks in when there is a lack of God. A lack of God is what causes indifference. When God is in a life, as He desires to be in a life, that life will be filled with wonder. When we lose our wonder, when we begin to lose now, when we lose our love for what we have, then let's be very clear. The place we start to search for wonder is to search again for God. The great trap of our generation is that since the Second World War, the way that you and I have been sold products has no longer got anything to do with the quality of the product. The way that we're marketed products today is through what's called psychographics. In other words, to match your dream to a product somebody's trying to sell. So isn't it amazing when you, when you see advertising, the, the, the real stretch that an advertiser will go to, to connect said product to X beautiful girl, or to connect you know this product to Sunset White sand beach. It is the marketing of dreams is what we live in. In the world in which we live, there is this crazy dynamic going on where everybody is trying to sell you something, not to fill your life with wonder, but to get you to spend more of your hard-earned money. And isn't it amazing how we can go through this life working, 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 saving, 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 buying, 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 and then what we thought would be the one thing that would make us feel like life is complete. How many people have experienced four months later, Someone, some people, the very next day, what you thought would be the answer to your dreams is another object to which we hold indifference. Listen, it works in marriage. There can be guys who literally will court the girl and court the girl and court the girl and court the girl, get permission from the dad, save up for the ring, finally marry the girl. You know, when I married Jillian, by the time we got through the wedding day, I was flat broke. But it's amazing how you can make that, I'm glad I did, by the way, but you can get through that kind of investment and then five years later, The guy is like, well, I just, you know, it's just not the same anymore. Let's be very clear and say we live in a world where, number one, everybody's looking for wonder. Number two, a marketing company has discovered that you'll buy more stuff if they sell you wonder. And then we're all out there buying what we think will be wonder, And then we wake up and we realize that not all that we thought would fill the void in our lives does, that what we thought would be the solution to our problems is not, and we end up not just a morally, but a financially bankrupt generation. This is the most indebted generation in the history of the world. Now listen, this is not just a trap for the old. The number of young people in our church we've had to counsel out of serious credit card debt at ages of 19 and 20 because they thought if they could get the right label that their lives would have, wonder. You don't need a new haircut. You don't need a better set of clothes. You are special, brilliant, talented, acceptable, well-loved, and amazing just the way you are. And if you believe that about the person on your left and your right, give God some praise for making them right now. Come on. We're gonna fight this tide of indifference. We're gonna fight this tide of indifference. Let's be clear and say no purchase is gonna fill our lives with wonder. No thing is gonna make us feel better. I believe with all my heart that we need to go against the tide. People become indifferent to all kinds of crazy things in their life. They become indifferent to their key relationships, become indifferent to circumstances, become indifferent to their churches. I've met, I've met Christians who are indifferent to the expression of worship. Like they come to church and they're like, oh, I don't really feel it, you know. Just stand there during worship songs. I mean, the Lord forbid that you'd stand like that during our nation's national anthem, let alone if someone is leading a song that says, be lifted high above all else, God of majesty. The Lord rebuke us all if we ever did that. My gosh, indifference. Now, the problem with indifference is that indifference opens up a cavernous gap in our lives that requires that it be filled. And how do we fill it? We fill it with our fantasies. I'm not just here speaking of the lewd or the depraved, although I'm certainly encompassing that. I'm speaking here about dreaming of something else. I'm speaking here of looking for something or someone else that is going to somehow make us feel better about this life that we're living. A fantasy, put in a nutshell, is just an if only. If only. It's like when you're married to somebody and you suddenly have a couple of challenges in that marriage, every marriage does, you know, and going through those rocky seasons, you know, you're at the water cooler or working out next to somebody in your club fitness class or whatever, and you suddenly start thinking, man, I wonder if only, I wonder what life will be like with them. Or you think, man, if only I could get that car upgrade or if only I could live in that neighbourhood, or if only I could get that job or go to that location. And then we start to dream, we start to think, we start to ponder and live in our lives increasingly not in the wonder of the now, but in the dream of what could be. Now listen, I believe in having a dream for your future. I do not believe in procrastinating wonder until you get something else. God has given you everything you need right now to know a full expression of wonder today. The third stage, I've got to move quick. The third stage in our spiral is withdrawal, withdrawal. Man, when you don't retain the wonder of what you've got, when you're indifferent to your now, when you're starting to dream of what you could have, well, here's the third stage of the spiral. You start pulling back from where you are and what you have. Why engage in the process if you want to check out of it? Why fix the problem if you prefer to be out of it? Why deal with the issue when you really don't think it's worth dealing with? So we live in a world Where increasingly people are checking out of fundamentals, fundamentals in their lives longing for a sense of wonder. Why I think this series is so powerful is we're not for a moment suggesting that God wants you to have a life that you don't like. We're not for a moment suggesting that God has a desire to make our lives dull and boring. But I want you to know that some of the greatest expressions of joy and fulfillment you're ever going to know in your life are going to be on the other side of toughing out, fixing things in your life that you think have lost their wonder. I believe that one of the greatest undersold available things to us in our generation is to engage in where we are. The problem with withdrawal is that it's the removal of our passion. The band can come and join me in any campus. When we allow the wonder of a spouse to diminish and we start dreaming of a life without them. When we stop losing our circle of friends and start thinking, man, it would be just great to move on from everybody. Or well, then our hearts become distant and now people feel like they're not showing up. We lose our investment. We lose our passion. And the fight, the fight The fight is gone. There are things worth fighting for in life. There are things worth going through in life. Man, God doesn't want you living a life that has lost its passion. That's why, by the way, the word apathy, the word apathy, do you know what the word apathy literally means? It's a Greek word. Do you know what the word apathy literally means? Without feelings. no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God. Why? Because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. God doesn't want you living without wonder. He wants to fill your life with joy and celebration or thanksgiving, appreciation, wonder. Isaiah 55 is where we're going to land this thing this morning. In Isaiah 55, verse 1, God gives to you and me the most amazing offer. He says, if you're thirsty, if you're thirsty, if you are longing, if there is a hole in your life, come to the waters. Come and drink. If you're hungry, come and buy food. Without money and without cost, what's God saying? God's using examples, metaphors of food and drink to say, if you have a thirst and a hunger in your life for wonder, come to me. Why do you spend your money on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and your soul will delight as in the richest of fear. Friend, if you'd let God into your life, if you would return to Him, then God will fill your life with wonder. What's God's desire for you and me? To fill our lives with wonder. And if we have lost that wonder, then it is time in this moment to give Him central place in our lives, in our now and discover again that there is all the wonder we need right here today. In every location right now, can you close your eyes and bow your heads with me? I believe that many people are right now feeling the closeness of the Holy Spirit. I truly believe that there's a lot of people who are right now feeling God just awakening within you again, a sense of worship and appreciation. And if that's you, my friend, I want to pray a prayer over you If you're saying, John, I believe that something about this series is pertinent for me and my experience and my my current state of being, I want to pray a prayer over you, and then we're going to finish this link. But if you're saying, I need more wonder in my life, then why don't you just open up your heart to receive this prayer? God, you are the God of all wonder. And I pray right now that you would pour Your wonder out into our lives. Fill our hearts again with a sense of love and passion for You. Allow us not to wander through this life for a moment distant from You. Help us to seek You and to find You. Would You fill every heart? Would You fill every longing life? Would You fill the void? And would You awaken us again to Your wonder? I pray this today in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor John Cameron. If you would like to find out more about Arise Church, check out arisechurch.com or find us on YouTube.